If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more streaming platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. We've now got to say Arsenal are well and truly in a relegation battle, aren't they? I mean, results around them this weekend... I was going to say, it was, the res- it was the results around that sort of put me over that line. Of the well and truly in it now. I'm sort of in it. Hello and welcome back to the OTC podcast with myself, Regan Walsh, and my co-presenter, Bradley Morris, and what is the start of the festive period? How are you today, Brad? So this is Christmas. <laughs> what have we done? <laughs> no, That's a lot in 2020. I feel fickle. Thanks, Boris. <laughs> uh, just be thankful we're not in tier four. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> it's the only positive we have. Uh, so you get COVID. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I don't plan on going out for the rest of the year. Well, no one will. <laughs> I don't think anyone is. Mm. Well, we've had a busy weekend in the Premier League. We had the full 10 games over this match they slate uh, some cracking games high scoring games as well and it all started as on saturday afternoon as liverpool welcomed no played crystal palace it wasn't at anfield was it it was at salas park and yes but yeah, although you wouldn't believe so <laughs> it, it might after that game it might as well be called anfield 2.0 it's a weird one isn't it because Palace, as you're saying, is their big bogey thing. Yeah, I think, like, looking into that game, I thought, okay, this is going to be a close game. Palace will end up nicking a point here because over the last few years, that Selhurst Park, Liverpool seem to have struggled. I mean, if, if you just think of Liverpool Crystal Palace now, everyone just thinks of Chris Dembo from when <laughs> Liverpool tried to win the league with Luis Suarez there and he ended up crying after the match. Yeah, it sounds very Suarez, that one. Yeah, I mean, uh, it finished seven nil to Liverpool. Uh, some class goals in there. Um, yeah. Well, you couldn't even compare on defending for some of them because they were just like really good goals. Henderson's was great. Firmino, yeah, just passed for them all. Yeah, Minamino's first goal was uh, very good as well. The first goal of the game, and then I think, Salah did Salah things. Yeah, I think two. Bits of defending I want to pick up was Palace were done by the counter-attack a lot, it seemed, in that game, for me anyway. Like, Liverpool just were able to counter it quite easily and get back at uh, Palace. And then um, I think the defending for Salah's goal was poor from the corner. Yeah, maybe Salah's first one, but you can't complain the second one. No, the second one you can't complain. Just the first one, I'd say, was poor defending. Apart from that, quality performance from uh, Liverpool. 
I think it was just one of those days where it wasn't meant to be for Crystal Palace. I mean, if it's any consolation, Liverpool can tell them exactly how you deal with conceding seven goals. Exactly, go the next few weeks and just go destroying every team and then in about a month or two's time, score seven goals yourself against an opponent. The worst thing for Palace mode now would be to next player team who also has the capability of scoring seven and that is exactly what they do on boxing day oh dear (laughs) but we'll look towards boxing day's fixtures in our next podcast which were uh which is later on in the week so um results sees liverpool stay at the top of the table uh they've currently got a four point gap over leicester city Next up uh, was Man City versus Southampton. Uh, wasn't really that good of a game for Man City, was it? I guess he could, could almost say close, which isn't yeah. surprising in a way when you look at how well Southampton have started and that Man City have been the same selves. Yeah, it was one of them where I think pre-match and if you do, if he wasn't looking towards how both teams had done this season, you'd say, oh, this is an easy Man City win. But Southampton really stuck it to them. For me, once uh, Raheem Sterling scored, I don't think City really looked like getting a second. Mm. That's almost the story of City season. Yeah, 100%. Um, the only bad thing I would say about that Southampton defending was uh, Kyle Walker-Peters seemed to be uh, all watching for the goal. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, well, no. I guess you have to, we know, we know by now, you have to be on it against a Man City. Yeah, but they definitely did have their chances. Um, I can think of, was it Shea Adams towards the end of the game where he's header went just over the bar um i think nathan teller went close a few times as well it, uh, southampton aren't missing ings not too much but in that situation they would they'd need him yeah it would be one of them where you think oh he's definitely going to score in that game he's the type of player you'd expect to score They're like a late equalizer against city um just a quick talking point um as it's always in the store, uh, press at Man United and other teams are looking for a defender. Do you think Yannick Vestergaard has the potential to be a top four defender? Because he's looked really immense this season, I think. If it's anything to go by how well he's done for my fantasy team, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he definitely does have the capability. It's just something I thought of I was watching the game and it's, then. It's his size, up, isn't it? It's, it's, it's his size. Yeah, he seems very comfortable Mm -hmm. with his defending, which I know should seem like a basic for defenders, but not a lot of defenders seem confident in and around the ball at times, and he does seem to be uh, quite commanding of that Saints team. Uh, So it will be interesting to see if any team does go in for him over this January transfer window or future windows. Uh, Next up on the match day fixtures, saw Everton play Arsenal. (sighs) I mean, we can't complain really, can we? The country was on its knees come Saturday afternoon after that massive announcement, and Arsenal decided let's raise the spirits. But put their fans in even higher tiers than what Boris Johnson has already put them in. I mean, 
just oh, where do we start with Arsenal? Where do we start? I mean, were they bad in this? Because I still think they had their chances. De- defensively, defensively, yes, you can. Defensively, they were shambolic. Looking going forward, I'd say everyone for me looked decent apart from Lacazette. Mm. I think the Kessier, yeah. I think Enketia and uh, I've forgotten who's played out. Who played out on the other wing now? Wasn't it Willian? Yeah, Willian. Um, I, don't, I don't think he contributed too yeah, much. I was going to say there was a lot of compliance against him. Yeah, he didn't contribute, but it was um, Bakaya Saku, Saka, Saka Baha, behind him, who seemed to do more in the game. So Enketia, Pepe, and Saka, for me, were the best players for Arsenal, apart from that. The rest of that Arsenal team was wife. He's a striker completely devoid of confidence. Yeah. Which sums up that whole team. Yeah. First goal, just poor defending when it hits off uh, Rob Holden. And no no one was closing down any Everton player. Like in the build up to it, they seemed to be able to get off their passes out wide. They came from a corner, which I've always said is a boring thing to do. I, I mean, you give the def- uh, the attacking team the few inches that they need to attack the ball, where if you're doing man-to-man, there's no gap between the defender and the striker. So I think Everton were always going to score from a set-piece like that. Yeah, and we've obviously the form of Calvert-Lewin is in and he's heading. The ability has been seen this season as well. Yeah. The penalty for Arsenal, for me, was the correct decision. I don't have any... Uh, Questions about it for me. I don't know what you thought of it. No, I thought could it have been. Mm. Oh, we've now got to say Arsenal are well and truly in a relegation battle, aren't they? I mean, results around them this weekend. I was going to say it was the res- it was the results around them that sort of put me over that line. Of the well and truly in it now. I'm sort of in it. Mm. I'm still in the mindset of oh, it's, oh, it's Arsenal. They'll get out of it eventually. I know it's good, but it's yeah. You've got that tiny bit of realism, belief, like Arsenal surely won't go down because it's Arsenal. Like you think of the stature of the club, but then you look at that club as well, playing, and you're like, they actually can still go down. Oh yeah, no team's too big to go down. If you're the worst teams, you're gonna be down there. Yeah, and they've been abysmal this season and thoroughly deserve to be down there I mean you say not form guys that only Sheffield have been worse than I believe yeah well I don't even know what to expect from them I don't know is Mikel Arteta going to be given much more time and if he is what changes is he going to need to make in the upcoming transfer window and beyond he can he'll obviously have something in mind with the transfer window it's whether he's allowed to do it because mm. I mean they're not ones to go out and spend big on a regular basis Arsenal in, in transfer window mm. so it's just one of them where you're like they, they definitely need to spend big they don't have to they just need to spend the right money in the right area well, yeah, but at times nowadays, you see, even getting a decent play is not good, cheap compared to what it used to be a few years ago. So, 
it's going to be hard and hard to see what they do, but also interesting to see if Arteta is actually given the time. The one last thing on Arteta, if you'd seen one of his like post-match comments, like he's got a future career in countdown with the way he's going. Oh, he was pulling out stats left, right, and blooming centre. He was. But it, we were resting on Scott Steiner, Matt. Mm, Jesus. I didn't watch the press conference afterwards, but I did hear about it. I'm like, we'll be on earth to see think he's going out with these stats. Freaking crazy. Uh, and the one I think as well, I think I need, we need to go on Rob Holding's hairline. Oh, don't even get me started on Arsenal players and hairlines. I mean, Arsenal going more backwards than Rob Holding's hairline. <laughs> questionable. The, him uh, and Aubameyang must go to the same barbers because their hairlines are appalling. Is that why Aubameyang's out? Because he's realised there's a problem with his hair? I think he must be. The final game on Saturday saw Newcastle entertain Fulham in the evening kickoff. Um, finished one apiece. Fulham goal uh, came from an own goal of uh, Matt Ritchie. Um, Can't make us against that one. <laughs> yeah, that was. No, he'd been shot. It <laughs> <laughs> was so funny watching that back on highlights. Um, the thing I want to talk about that was um, at the back post. Uh, for the corner, Tosin Adarabayo. Um, he was totally unmarked, so he was able to get up and generate the ball back across goal easily without any um, real con- or any contest from any uh, Newcastle defender. And I think the only thing Matt Ritchie could have done better was probably his positioning. He seemed to be facing the wrong way. He seemed yeah, for me, he should have had his body fully open and turned towards heading, uh, going out on the quick counter-attack rather than how his body was. With his body like that, there's not a lot he can actually do after that. Um, then um, Newcastle got a penalty just after the hour mark um, for a Joachim Anderson foul. Um, uh, it's a foul. It's Don't get me wrong. But my man decides to wait into the penalty area to fall over. It's a red card because yeah, red card, Anderson's yeah. the last defender. But why does Wilson take about three blooming years to fall down into the box hall? Because he knows he's near the penalty area. And that's why, for me, I don't. I think it should have been given um, as a free kick rather than the penalty. Yeah, I think that one. I don't know how um, Graham Scott didn't see that on the VAR when he went to the monitor because it was clearly the contact was clearly outside the box Um, apart from that I mean both teams had a lot of chances weren't very clinical with them Um, I think a point was even there another point saved by Steve Bruce Mm, or a, de- a definite point gained for Scott Parker's side. They're uh, starting to find the find themselves, aren't they? Portland. Yeah, they the slow, slowly but surely getting into some form. Now trying to pick up more points as possible, and hopefully they can pick up some over this festive period. Uh, Sunday's action got underway with Brighton hosting Sheffield United at the Amex Stadium. First real talking point in that was obviously the John Lundstrom uh, red card. 
for me, 100% right. I don't think there was anything wrong it's with like, that. Yeah, reckless. Yeah. But it I looked don't... so much worse in, when slowed down. <laughs> yeah. All the challenges do when it's a red card incident. It, it might be a red card, but and it might not look bad in real time, but it's when it's slowed down and we can see it a few times, that's what makes it worse than it, what it probably was. But refs made a right call there. Um, shortly after the hour mark, Jaden Bowell scored his first goal for Blades. Um, again, for me, this game, both goals were down to poor defending. So close, Sheffield. So close. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was... Three minutes from time when Danny Welbeck uh, scored uh, the equaliser. Again, for me, he was unmarked. Easy to score past um, Aaron Ramsdale in the goal. Didn't have any competition for it. And then um, I think they were close not to score again um, through Ali Reza Yehanbash when uh, he the bar with his chance uh, as well um, late into stoppage time so they were very lucky in terms of managing to hold on for the point but unlucky that they didn't get three points there Chris Wilder side yeah. though it is still still looking bleak for them this season you gotta say no team has ever had two points going into the Christmas period no like that is it's the definition of my god we're fucked yeah and they're on well and truly on course to beat derby's record low points i would imagine at this stage considering they've played 14 games and got two points which is it's not mine is it it's just not mine. no uh next up on sunday saw tottenham play leicester city at the top, uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Um, what was it I said? Jesus. <laughs> Spurs will know. always be Spurs until they stop yep. doing Spurs things. But they won't ever stop doing it because they are Spurs. I mean, I mean granted, they've lost to a good team. Yeah, Leicester. Yeah, Leicester win those games if you're serious. Yeah, if you want to be title challengers as well, you've got to be putting up a serious fight and taking it to Leicester. I mean, yeah, they had some chances uh, before uh, the penalty incident for Leicester. Again, for me, 100% a penalty. I don't know what Aurier was doing. Jose said he best in the Amazon look. <laughs> I'm scared of it. You won't give shit penalty. <laughs> yeah. And he was 100% right. I mean, I don't know what on earth he was doing. Um, easily converted by uh, Jamie Vardy. And then um, shortly after the break, uh, James Madison scored a goal. Um, it was a great ball over the top from James Justin. What's and that, then, weekly VAR? Uh, yeah. Apparently he was like a thick nose hair offline, uh, offside even, it, not offline. I was like, you look at the angle, I swear, or, yeah, he's playing him on. Yeah, well, even the commentator... And the game says he look he th- or he looks like he's playing him on, and that's why it should stand. So, stupid angles again. Just it's ridiculous for me. That one should have stood. And then, however, I mean, we're not done no, with the VAR. Fuck up. We'll get to that. Oh god! Of course not. We never. 
there's never a week where we don't talk about VAR fuck-ups. But um, 10 minutes later, uh, they scored again. Leicester, this time it was a Toby Alderweireld own goal. Um, the defending for this goal, Jesus Christ. I mean, Musa Sissoko not dealing with the initial ball in and then it being headed on to Toby Alderweireld was... Oh, it was awful. With this first thing, there is almost that hint of the Liverpool one, not 2013-14, that we close. This world-class attack, and then this very reliable defending. Yeah. But the thing is, though, Spurs have had this problem for a few years. Mm. Even under Pochettino, you thought, okay, this team, you know they're always going to score goals. 90% of the time they're going to score goals. But is, can they preserve a lead because their defence looks shoddy at times? Yeah. But who, solves that? who do they get that solves that? Because they, didn't they bring Sanchez in to do that? Yeah, but I mean, uh, he is he injured at the minute, Devinson Sanchez? Or is he suspended? I can't remember. Either way, he's not uh, been in the starting 11. Um and then you look at some of the... Well, you look at the signings that they made this summer. Joe Roden was meant to be a centre-back. Who is a centre-back and not getting game time. And he's got age on his side, don't he? Yeah, he's only 23. Uh, Matt Doherty he started the I season... I he was 19. Who? Joe Roden. No, 20, 23. Yeah, born in 97. Why is everyone talking like he's a young kid then? That's 23. So like no, not in this day and age. Um, yes. So we started, he, when he first joined for them uh, back in October, he made a few starts. Um, well, not a few starts, but a few appearances. Um, but then he seems to have fallen out of selection. Um, Matt Doherty also started getting a few games initially but then has also seemed to fall in out of selection and I, 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 for me i don't know how eric dyer is still getting picked does how the other defenders are out of have to bring in the guy who wants to play in in center back yeah but i'd rather have players who aren't doing that well in training than someone who does well in training but uh is poor in the game i think he for me, he doesn't assure me as a centre-back. Like, if if you look at centre-backs of the past, and I know it's not always the best to dwell on the past, but you look at your likes of your Terry's, your Carragher's, your Ferdinand's, your Vidic's, Tony Adams, it, it, you can't ever put Eric Dyer in the same conversation as them lot, can you? Well, no, because he hasn't achieved anything that they did in their careers. Mm. Well, not even if we're talking, not even if we look at Trophy Hall, I mean, just saying as an out-and-out defender, I don't think he is, is anywhere near as good as them lot. Oh, no, obviously not. Mm, but uh, the result sees Leicester stay in second and Spurs now down in sixth place when two weeks ago they were top of the table. I mean, if that doesn't sum up Tottenham Hotspurs for you, then I don't know what does. It's still harsh on them, but you know, they're not going into a room at some point and get close again. But it's 
when you start dropping points, it's the likes of Liverpool who then take advantage and start just clearing away. Yeah. Yeah, the teams around you are unlikely to be dropping points. They're more likely going to capitalise on your mistakes. Um, next up on Sunday, saw Manchester United play Leeds United for the first time in 16 years in the Premier League. Um, phenomenal start to the game for uh, Scott McTominay scoring twice in three minutes. What, what was it? What was in his iron, bro? <laughs> I don't know, but I think he won something. It's a prime goal, in this game, is it? <laughs> I mean, his first goal was it, was his. I can't if I can remember which, which one was his belt and was it his first or his second? The first one. The second yeah, the one first one. The pass, so don't use it under his legs and then places it. Yeah, uh, that first goal was unbelievable. Um, Man United on that counter-attack for um, say all of their goals was vintage Man United. If you think of teams under Sir Alex Ferguson in the past. <laughs> if you think of teams under Sir Alex Ferguson in the early 2000s, especially that 2007-2008 era, like that team was just known for counter-attacking football and quick play and they definitely showed it there against that lead side. Um, the other goals from that game, uh, Bruno Fernandes got himself a brace, one of them which was a penalty of course. Um, then Victor Lindelof scored the third and Dan James scored the fifth. Um, Dan James the score sheet for a change. <laughs> Dan James starting a game for a change. Which was a bit of a surprise. Um, penalty incident for Manchester United, 100% a penalty. Uh, for me, I think it was just, there's no need for, I can't remember who was the lead player that committed the foul now. Either way, it was just silly defending and there was no need to lunge in on Martial like that. The ref, especially how uh, close the referee was to that incident he was always going to give a penalty and it was going to be incredibly hard to overturn yeah yeah that that was that was Leeds just going through wasn't it yeah um we can't like admittedly if we're going around martin tyler's way of seeing things we can admire their pure refusal to defend hmm. oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> she's a weird analogy. Um, although, although you, if you now want my truthful opinion, Martin Tyler, you absolute fool. Yes, they should be defending. We don't admire them. It's never a good thing when you concede in six goals. No. no. Sorry, is it just me? I know everyone waxes lyrical. Unless you... But he's, well, it's, it's, it's okay if you concede six goals as long as you're scoring more than six. But in this case, Leeds didn't. I mean... Christ, if that ever happens. <laughs> well, uh, I don't want to run on my title, but he's finished, isn't he? No, he's still got a few years left. As long Sorry, as they don't replace the him. The man was him. losing his mind in the Manchester Derby last week. As long as, well, for me, as long as he's not replaced by Derek Ray, like they've done on FIFA, I'm happy because I can't have Derek Ray saying yeah, that's Bruno that's optional. No, it's not an option. 
well, we I, get I rid of Gary Wood. Much, it, it was optional, so. But this year, Martin. <laughs> well, this year, no Martin Tyler on FIFA, and you just stuck with Derek Ray pronouncing players' names really fucking weirdly. Well, anyway, that's about that game. Um, the Leeds did score. I've seen his pronunciation of Sabolshire on, on FIFA. So wow. you'll, you'll be furious. Exactly. Um, Stuart Dallas' goal late on for Leeds, uh, the second of the two, was a really good goal. Um, anything, any criticism I would say was United didn't really close him down too much. But uh, the results is Manchester United leap up to third in the table with a game in hand of over all those around them. Um, if they win that game in hand, which as we've mentioned previously is against Burnley, they will go two points behind Liverpool. Overall, good weekend for Ali Gunnar Solskjaer's side. Mm. As he marked his two-year anniversary at getting appointed at the club on an interim basis. We've asked the question before. Are they genuinely in the title race? <laughs> I think, yeah. For me, they're not winning it, though. The rest... There's no way they're winning it, though, sure. No, for me, I think it's Liverpool's now to run away and only Liverpool can stop Liverpool from winning the league. But I think out of the rest of the league, I'd say Man United are probably, if they continue doing what they're doing, I think United are going to give them their best run for money. At least at the wheel. The final game on Sunday saw the West Midlands derby, as it's somewhat known. Um, West Brom. We'll accept it. Mm. Uh, Sam Allardyce's West Brom, which still seems weird to say, welcomed uh, Dean Smith's Aston Villa to the forefront. And it was a terrible start underneath uh, Allardyce after they conceded a goal within five minutes, thanks to uh, Anwar El Ghazi. Um, good finish from El Ghazi, but West Brom's defending was woeful. That's vintage El Ghazi at the back post. Hmm. Um, it's nice to see him doing good because he was starting to get a lot of hate on him last season. Yeah. After being so crucial in the championship season, he didn't adapt as well in the Premier League, but it's nice to see him starting to look like another option. Yeah. Um, the only other real talking point of that first half was um, that sending off for Jake Livermore. I mean... Um. Don't start me on this one. <laughs> what the God-given hell was he fucking thinking? I mean, if you're Sam Allardyce and you've just seen your captain, like inverted commas, a captain lunging all that, you know, you're having words. I don't... I don't Some, I, somebody's going to be sure he's going to be captain. Yeah. Well, there was rumours of it that... Um, could get uh, stripped of his captaincy, uh, Jake Livermore. But I mean, uh, there's no need for it. No, the whistle gone, and then he's lunged in on him. And I don't know what it is about rivals and wanted to kick shit out of Jack Grealish in the derby games. Mm, I have no idea. But if you, the thing was, he wasn't even in a counter-attacking position. He was by the halfway line, wasn't he? Halfway line, right near the bench. Yeah, so there's no need for it. Um, second half, Ollie Watkins had although, a goal. Although, just see, about, go see, as, as much as I want to ignore this, I feel like there's another incident you can't really ignore. 
Oh, that was literally five minutes after that one. Was it the Courtney Horse one? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, like in real time, I thought, I mean, but as he caught him there, and then I saw, I was like, oh, he might go here. Yeah, there's question marks of could it have also been given us a but red. The reason Livermore get this is for Albion fans, if, or the, if they, you know, the odd chance they come in there. <laughs> the one viewer that just happens to be an Albion fan. <laughs> be random. <laughs> Livermore gets off because he's lunged in recklessly for no yeah. reason whatsoever. Wars has gone in because he's trying to win the ball. Yeah. And for me, that I think that's why it was a <laughs> yellow nut of red. Whereas Hawes was, was angle and admits that there have been red cards for the, the Hawes one. Yeah. That has possible. Been oh, he, he's he's going to go here, yeah. but yeah, mm. he, he didn't, and I can't do it. Yeah, uh, into the second half uh, with 20 minutes to spare. Ollie Watkins thought he double dusted Villa's lead, but it was uh, ruled out for offside by VAR. I mean, again, was this one actually offside? Literally, the lines they're judging them from. It's. Joke. Yeah, I mean the, the ball cash crosses in, swings back in. <laughs> Can you yeah. judge some outside for that? Oh, I don't know, but for me, I think that goal should have stood. Um, well, the legit when it happened, I thought, well, watch this bit outside now because I, I didn't celebrate. Yeah, which is the problem with VAR now. You don't you don't want to celebrate any goal because. Normal goal, it could be ruled out for offside, but a penalty, it could have to be retaken because the goalkeeper was off his line or a defender was encroaching the box and he could end up missing. So, And I reacted when I saw the replay. I was like, oh, that's fine. Well, there's no reason to give that off something. And then it happens and, you know, release Fury. Mm. <laughs> However, um, six minutes from time, Bertrand Traore uh, scored a goal to lead for Villa. Oh, he's cold. Bertrand Traore. Just an easy goal for him. Oh, if you ask me. Easy. Literally, when that was, I've just gone, oh, he just capped him. Just. Yeah. It was yeah. a very nice, round-wound performance for him. A good goal. Nice to see that guy finally put in a man of the match performance because he's been very debatable since he's joined. Yeah. That's 100% the truth. He, he, this was his there's been best, times... best game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Um, four minutes later, uh, Villa had a chance to add a third after Shimi Ajayi gave away a penalty, uh, which El Ghazi... But he's fallen over. I mean, I don't even know why on earth Ajayi me... did that. There was no need for it at all. No, I, that, that point. Oh, 100%. The game was done and dusted at that point. West Bromwich didn't offer much in terms of going forward themselves, and I think I, it's... I don't recall them getting in the penalty area at any point. No. Um, they had one chance, it was the free kick off the horse tackle. Yeah, I think it's going to be a long road for Sam Elidos to try and improve this team. Yeah, it might take a it's, bit of time, but... There's the start of afterwards, it was the expected goals, stand, which aren't... I never understand, but it looked quite funny. So I guess Alvin's expected goals was zero point zero two. Yeah, I don't understand the XG. How can it be point something? You can't score a point of a goal. How can you expect how many we're going to score? Yeah, 
based on what we're doing in the game. It's ridiculous. With 27 shots gets burned, how many goals do we expect to score out of that? Wow. Monday night's action saw Burnley welcome Nuno Espirito Santos side to Turf Moor, the happy Get the place. Get the handbags out of there. <laughs> Um, wasn't very happy for Nuno though was he <laughs> no he was a very angry man at full time but we'll get onto that in a bit um, Burnley took the lead surprisingly through Ashley Barnes um, great across by Charlie Taylor uh, but the Wolves there was no communication between the two Wolves defenders and they, they uh, the did goalkeeper that. for that they did change that back line quite a bit than what I mm. saw yeah Burnley were just really Dominant, which is strange to say from a Burnley team. They looked really good going forward, and Wolves looked shaky. Is that? But I've seen a lot of Wolves performances where they do just sit back a bit and happy to, because their abilities, they can. Yeah, well, I mean, I think this was one of the worst Wolves performances um, I've seen. Um, They've had some of them this season. Yeah, there's almost the sense this season with how we did in our last season with Martin O'Neill. Like some of the, the poor performances are starting to come through now. Yeah. And there is gonna be question marks every now and again. Um one before we get to carry on with the game, I, mean, I think it's... I mean, I don't think they sack Nuna. If anything he leaves of his own accord. Yeah, and I think that would be at the end of the season rather during the season. I wouldn't be surprised. Mm. And then you'd expect another Portuguese manager to come in. Because that's just what wolves do. Anyway, I got Rui Vittoria's number. <laughs> uh, um, before we continue with the game, we're going to say uh, Josh Brownhill in midfield for Burnley looked really well. He had two excellent chances. Um, both of them were extremely close, but just wide. Um, and then just after the second half uh, got underway, Chris Wood scored the second for Burnley. Um, Again, I think the defence from Wolves on that goal was appalling. Bursa, I mean, Burnley have their moments, I guess. Yeah. But... For me, they definitely could have scored three or four in that game, which is strange to say in this, especially this season with Burnley. They, I don't think previously to this game. Because this season, it's not that strange. Yeah. But usually Burnley don't ever look like scoring multiple goals. Well, t- t- uh, yesterday they did. And then uh, Wolves got a late penalty um, after Fabio Silva was fouled um, by Josh Benson. Uh, young lad, I think for me, it's a silly foul to give away. 100% a penalty. And then it was an easy goal for uh, Fabio Silva to score. Again, another young talent. Was that his first? I feel like that was his first, but... Yes, I think it might have been. Uh, The money they spent on him, Christ. Yeah, Uh, I think he's more seen as long-term investment rather than immediate return for them. It's a lot to put in there. Yeah, 100%, but I think they're relying more on... A very expensive mistake. Oh yeah, it could well be. I thought I think they're now for this season, especially 
relying more on Podence and Neto to score. Obviously, previous prior to his injury, Raul Jimenez as well. I mean, they'll go for another striker in January if they're not certain on Jimenez. Yeah, 100%. And I don't know what uh, the state of Jimenez is. With it. Yeah. Like, I know he's been seen at training pitches, but I don't know time scale on any return, if any, in the near future. I think it will 100% be in the new year that you will make each return. He won't play again this year. Hmm. I mean, it's hard to break those kind of things when you haven't heard much. Yeah, it's one that's stayed relatively quiet since it's happened. Uh, the final game of this match week's fixtures in the Premier League saw Chelsea play West Ham at Stamford Bridge, and it was the Blues that ran out 3-0 winners. Goals from Thiago Silva and a brace from Tammy Abraham saw them uh, win. Um, Thiago Silva's goal, easy header for me, um, totally unmarked. Mm. A world-class defender like him, if he's given the chance to get a free header and score, he will always do so. Yeah, slightly underwhelming from West Ham, could you say? Yeah. Given how well they've been this season. Yeah, I think it was one of their worst performances this season, considering how well they have done. Um, Other stuff, I'd say um, the defence for Tammy Abraham's goal was... Uh, his first goal was um, bad, and then his second as well. The defence was just asleep and just totally done apart. I think they were more expecting that second goal to be ruled out for offside, but it was um, a great three pass from Timo Werner. Mm. I mean, I'll get um, on Ver- Werner missing sister, but it's just nice to see Tammy Abraham scoring goals. Yeah, uh, still I mean, <laughs> What are you going to get onto there? Timo Werner is struggling massively. Well, he, he did an interview, didn't he? He's a bit of um, struggling a bit. Yeah, he said he, uh, adapting to the Premier League was harder than I expected. Um, and you can see he's definitely... Not found his shooting boots in the Premier League like he did in in the Bundesliga. I think one it's one of them where he needs I think a penalty and obviously to score it to like boost his confidence again. Yeah, but he's not putting too much wrong. He's he's just gone find the net, isn't he? Yeah. But um, it doesn't help with them chopping and changing the front three. Not the front three, the strikers all the time. Yeah, they're always chopping and changing the uh, team lineup quite a lot this season. Um, gotta say, so results is Chelsea up to fifth, uh, just one point outside the top four. West, uh, West Ham, sorry, wrong Claire and Blue team there. Uh, sitting mid table with twenty one points. You mean we're in the battle for Europe? I mean, you're a place above them and a what? point above them. How, many, how much are we off top four again? Is it two or something? Four. And four. It's two games at the end. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one of them, which you would consider winnable against Newcastle, the other against Man City. Like I'd we said, two four, winnable games. Would, yeah, it depends on what Man City uh, side turns up. Um, I mean, it, it is at the Etihad. We're in it a bit, but yeah. Yeah. 
uh, elsewhere in the world of football, uh, we had our predictions this week, and it was a good week for both of us. Actual tolerable week. Yeah. Um, if we ignore one, of, to... if, if we ignore one of them, those are just. Mm. Uh, just looking at the stuff now. Uh, you're now on to 24 points. I'm on 39. Uh, I'm still very far behind that. Yeah. So Man City, Southampton. Uh, I got the two points for predicting City win. You obviously got none for that one because uh, you predicted a draw. Um, Everton, Arsenal. We both get the two points because we said two nil, but it was obviously two one. Man United Leeds, I don't know. Man City Leeds, I got the points because I said Man United will win. You got nothing because you predicted a Leeds 3 1 win, which is embarrassing. <laughs> just, let me, back at just, now. just let me put my clown mask on. There we go. <laughs> uh, um, we predicted, both predicted Barcelona wins, but uh, didn't get anything there as they could only draw 2 2 with Valencia, which is. Appalling for Barcelona. Still interesting saying that when you, you want to rely on Barca, they decide no. Mm-mm. We'll just play a draw or end up losing to someone. Um, they sit in fifth now. Still, I mean, they're eight points off both Atletico and Real Madrid. Admittedly, they've played a game less than Real, but they have played a game more than Atleti, so... Not looking good for Ronald Koeman's side. Um, over in the Bundesliga, we both predicted Bayern Munich wins against Bayer Leverkusen. I believe I got the score. Uh, yeah, you got the you got it bang on. You predicted two one. I predicted three two. Which not too bad, but obviously you get the full three points there. And then uh, our final prediction was Leon versus Nice. I predicted 3-1, you predicted 2-0, and it was 4-1. So. Yeah. Uh, oh, so, like who's, who's some who are oh, fucking man, ruined it for me? If you'd have got the score off for that one, I may have conceded. Right, elsewhere, in the CONCACAF Scotia Bank, Champions League, which is the North American version of the UEFA Champions League over the weekend. Every last uh, Scotia Bank. Well, that's the name of it, so I'm just naming it. I mean, that's a sponsor. Uh, it's no such thing on this podcast. They're not sponsoring us, so I'm not uh, counting it as a sponsor. Um, we had the semi final take place over the uh, weekend on. Uh, Saturday night, Sunday evening. Uh, in the first game, Tigres Unal played Olympia and won 3 0. Uh, goals from Andre Pierre Gignac uh, Brace from the penalty spot and an Elvin Oliver own goal saw them advance to the final. However, uh, Olympia played uh, the whole second half with 10 players after. Davy Flores got sent off just before the first penalty. And then the other semi-final, LAFC played Club America and won 3-1. Sebastian Gacero scored after 11 minutes for Club America. And then the rest of that first half, I mean, anything you could expect to see in a football game did happen. I mean... um, I've got to give a shout out to Guillermo 
Ochoa in goal for Club America, who, um, yes, he's that Mexican goalkeeper from the World Cup a few years ago. The unsung hero of the 2014 World Cup. Yes. However, he should be nominated for an Oscar for his performance in that game because there's an incident just before halftime where LAFC's Eduard Atuesta was fouled and it looked like it should have been given a penalty. But there's no VAR in the in that Champions League, so <laughs> I don't know. So the officials didn't give it as a penalty, but it should have 100% been a penalty because he got caught in his uh, stomach. But then it, as he was still down and he was slowly getting back up, the Achoa came up to him, like saying, oh, you didn't get fouled or anything. And then uh, on replays, because we didn't see it initially because how quick the game broke off, Atawesta appeared to shove his head towards Ochoa. Minimal contact, if any, from Atawesta. Well, Ochoa's gone down like he's been shot. It was, it was his uh, best Eddie Guerrero impression. Yes, 100%. <laughs> uh, so the linesman saw it and said that Atawesta should have been sent off, even though it was 100% the wrong decision. I think uh, Club America should have had a player sent off for the foul. Uh, initially and LAFC should have had a penalty so they go in 1-0 down at the break after a melee of things happened in that first half and then uh, within a minute of the restart Carlos Vélez scored and then 90 seconds later Carlos Vélez scored again to give LAFC an early 2-1 lead in the second half which um, is not too surprising but it was a great uh, start to take in the second half. Again, a lot of fouls in the second half. Um, and then 10 minutes from time, Club America themselves were sent down to 10 men after Luis uh, Reyes made a foul um, very close to the corner flag and right on top of the linesman. Again, that was 100% the right decision. Um, and then uh, in stoppage time, literally the last kick of the game, Latif Blessing scored uh, to confirm the f- LAFC's place in the final, and that takes place uh, tonight or early, early hours of tomorrow morning. Tomorrow hours. morning, oh. yes. If you're over here in the United Kingdom tonight in uh, the states, so it's going to be interesting to see because if they, uh, LAFC win that, they will become the first MLS side in history to win the Champions League, and will have meant they have beaten four. Liga MX teams in a row to win the trophy. Yeah, Surprise is that that no MLS team has actually won this competition. Yeah, it is a bit surprising to be fair. Um, Mexican sides have dominated it themselves um, over the last few seasons. Well, yeah, it was a surprising set to see that no MLS side has ever won it. Right, on to the Women's Super League now. Um, we should have had six games, but we had half of them instead because uh, Birmingham Man City got called off due to a waterlogged pitch. Chelsea Tottenham got postponed due to some uh, positive COVID-19 tests and so did West, uh, West Ham versus Aston Villa also due to the same reasons. Um, they were for Chelsea and West Ham respectively. Um, all three games will be rescheduled for a later date. But in the three games that we did have, they didn't disappoint. Manchester United beat Bristol City women 6-1. 
um, braces from Tobin Heath and Leah Galton, as well as the goals from Millie Turner and Jess Sigsworth sealed the points for Casey Stoney's side. Um, for anyone that hasn't seen the game, I'd highly recommend watching the highlights because Leah Galton scores an absolute phenomenal goal, and so does Tobin is, Heath as well. Is it early Puskas worthy? Would you say both of them are? Pushed cash worthy. I mean, Leah Galton's uh, rockets. Um, she's got the ball on the left hand side, and it's one of them where you'd think, from the angle where she shoots, 100% not impossible. She shouldn't shoot from that angle, but she uh, shoots and it goes over Sophie Bagley in goal for Bristol City. And then um, Tobin Heath's goal was oh, it's definitely one for the ages. Um, Again, phenomenal strike. This time she had the ball out on the right-hand side and then she just struck it practically with like a first or second touch of the ball. Uh, not in the game, but uh, in that possession and it was an absolute rocket. Um, Bristol City did score a consolation goal through Ebony Salmon, who uh, lost scoring against her old team. The result sees Manchester United stay top of the table for Christmas, whilst Bristol City remain in 12th place, uh, which is bottom, uh, still without a win. And by the time the next set of fixtures uh, come around, it will be ex- over a year since Manchester United last lost in the league, which is something the, their male counterparts haven't been able to say. Uh, next up, saw Arsenal women. Yeah, but the women's team managed by Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Come on. <laughs> no, Casey Stoney, who's. Is she at the wheel now? <laughs> <laughs> she, she's always been at the wheel. Uh, she, she's, at, no, she's at the wheel of the Lamborghini. <laughs> <laughs> Whilst Ollie's at the wheel of the Fiat Punto. Fiat Punto is quite harsh, and the Man United's mouth too. They're more like. The sponsor's purpose of a Chevrolet. Yes. <laughs> uh, shortly afterwards, that game kicking off uh, half an hour later, Arsenal welcomed Everton to Meadow Park. And um, it was an interesting lineup from Joe Montemoro, deciding not to start um, Viviana Miedemar in the middle uh, of the strike force. But it didn't matter because after four minutes, Jordan Nobb scored the opener for. Um, Arsenal, well-worked goal for it. And then a few minutes late, le- later, sorry, Caitlin Ford doubled their lead. Um, Everton did have chances as well in the first half, but they couldn't find a way past Lydia Williamson, uh, Lydia Williams in goal or Leah Williamson and Jen Beattie in defence. Uh, Beattie then scored after the hour mark, which was her first goal after announcing she has been uh, dealing with breast cancer. Um Great cost by Katie McCabe and then uh, the goalkeeper for Everton, uh, Sandy McGeever, came, tried to claim it, but he went over and Beattie scored an easy header. And then uh, two minutes later, Beth Mead scored the fourth and final goal for Arsenal. Uh, Again, great pass from Jordan Knowles and then Mead was able to do the rest of the work. Uh, that result sees Arsenal climb up to second as Chelsea didn't play this weekend, though Chelsea do have two games in hand over the top two. And then the final game of the weekend saw Reading head to Brighton and the Hove Albion. Um, Jeff Fishlock scored a brace for uh, Reading and Rachel Rowe scored the third. Um, 
dominant performance from Jess Fishlock and uh, very well taken chances for them. And Brighton's goal was scored by Anessa Kargman from the penalty spot. So that is our WSL roundup. Uh, next set of fixtures will be in the new year on the weekend, the 9th and 10th of January. Um, bit of transfer news from the WSL. Um, Alex Morgan's loan with uh, Tottenham is now being uh, cancelled short. Well, not cancelled short. It was due to finish in December anyway. So uh, she has left after playing five games and scoring twice uh, after joining them in September. Um, Aston Villa signed Mana Iwabuchi from the Japanese league. Um, very good signing for Aston Villa. And hopefully you can help Gemma Davis's side in the second half of the season. Are you going to say something there on that? No, I was just saying I, there was a massive deal made over it. I didn't. I was very unsure how big of a signing that was until you described it to me. Yeah, she's not. It's not one of them where, like, obviously the, she was in the World Cup team, but yeah, she wasn't the star player in that team. No, but it's still a very good signing for Aston Villa. Um, elsewhere, uh, ever in France, Ada Hegerberg signed a new deal with uh, Lyon until 2024. Great signing, or oh, great to get her tied down to a new didn't, deal. Didn't she? She's not playing as much now, is her? Still. Uh, didn't she stop playing for a while? I can't can remember now. I remember something happening. She's. I think she had a tiny bit of time off, but. Um, Again, because obviously she was the best player in the world at the time. Yeah, I mean, anyone in that Leon Leon team could potentially be uh, Ballon d'Or winners or uh, the best player because that team is just phenomenal. I mean, they're always winning Luge one and the Champions League. Uh, and the final bit of tra- uh, transfer news was Chelsea announced the signing of. Uh, goalkeeper Musovic from Rosengard and she will join up with uh, Emma Hayes' side in January. Right. Um, any other news you can think of that's happened? Not that, no. Not that I've seen. But, uh... Right. So as we were doing this just before Christmas Day, we did say we would get in our Christmas 11s. So um, what did you go for in the end with your Premier League Christmas 11? I mean, we could have saved this for that Christmas Eve previous show, but yeah, we'll do it now. We'll get, we'll get it out now. Yeah, so I feel like we may have the same goalkeeper. Go on. I have Darren Randolph as Darren Rudolph. <laughs> yep, excellent shout there. I've got no qualms with Darren Rudolph in goal. And in defence, we have Hector Jingle Bellerin. Yeah, I can't think of a... Of a Premier League right back you could do. One that is mine now. The Angel Gabriel. Angel Gabriel Polista. That, that or die had that actual the current Arsenal centre back. Um, not Polista. Angel Gellish. Yeah, Angel Gellish. Yeah, I don't know why where Polista came from in my head. It's okay, because he's got two. My formation is five three two. <laughs> There's more defenders than midfielders. Like, I couldn't. Yeah. Uh, Go on. 
In the middle, we have Eric Reindeer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a bad foot in itself, but yeah, it's acceptable. So, okay, because we have Andreas Christensen. Mm hmm. Well, you could have said Andreas Christmasson. Yeah, that was good. And um, next one Bukaya Sack. Ah. Yep. And a more obvious one, Fabian Delph. Yeah, Fabian Delph. Just so you make it clear. Not just another a one, random name. Another one that I said was Gravy Proper. Gravy Proper, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, a play on words on Davy Proper of Brighton. Uh, th- this one actually very. It probably sums up this player right now in Harry's feeling, and that's Paul Pogba Humbug. <laughs> Yes, I do like that one a lot. And another of us, we have the Andy Carroll. Yep, Andy. And his mm-hmm. strike, strike partner, Danny Stockings. Oh, and the manager, Frankincense Lampard. See, I never had that manager. <laughs> See, I, I just thought of that Frankincense Lampard. So that's a very good one. Um, The WSL one I've got, so in goal, Ellie Snowbook instead of Ellie Roebuck. In right back position, we've got Lucy Slay Bronze instead of Lucy Bronze. Best women's player in the world. Mm. In defence, you got. Can't be denied. No. In centre of defence, you got Anita Asante Claus of Aston Villa. Steph Ho Ho Halton. And at left back, you got Joy Noel Maritz, obviously, Noel Maritz of Arsenal. Midfield, here's the changes I'm going to make. So you've got Tobin Reef of Manchester United, Emma Bissletoe instead of Emma Bissell. Then uh, the two additions I'm going to make because uh, are Jill Rudolph, okay, Jill uh, Rudolph of Arsenal, and Kristen Present instead of Kristen Press. And then the forward line of Frankincense Kirby and Ellen White Christmas. God's sake. I feel like that's way better than mine. <laughs> I mean, I didn't come up with them, so I've got to cre- give credit to um, people, or the random people or followers of the Barclays FAWSL Twitter because they all came up with them and I just uh, nicked it. So. But uh, that is all we have time for. Um, the news and we'll be back for us it's 24 hours for you maybe 24 hours 20 uh, 48 hours as we look ahead the plan is christmas eve podcast for us no one you're gonna be at home this christmas why not just yeah enjoy us yeah the new podcast for you enjoy enjoy what you can of christmas but yes we'll be back later on in the week to have a look to a extremely busy uh next couple of days get the um, coffees down us we're gonna need them get the coffees and food down us because we're gonna need it as we go through boxing day the 27th the 28th the 29th the 30th and the first of january fixtures i think i can't remember what to get yeah, days we'll decide, break. Get, we'll decide when it gets to it yeah, so the only day we've got off is New Year's Eve, but that's not even a day off because we'll be recorded. So, um, wherever you're listening well, we have to... We have 365 days a year, so... Well, yeah, especially in 2020. 
um wherever you listen to us make sure you subscribe and like and uh, if you're listening to on you us on to us on youtube let me get my t- teeth the right way around uh make sure you leave us a comment and your thoughts on any of our talking points of the day will arsenal stay up will liverpool run away with the league are manchester united actual title contenders and are spurs going to do a spurs oh, i feel like the best performing team in the country right now uh, form-wise, no. It's not on you to answer it. Well, I did answer it for the public. Uh, and if you did see anything uh, in the world of football, because uh, we haven't got a did you see that segment this week, but may, hopefully later on in the week we might do. Until then, we'll see you next time. It's goodbye from me and goodbye from my co-presenter, Brad. See ya. We'll see you soon.